What's up, beautiful people? We're back with another episode of the Be Chic Podcast with your host, Brittany Ball. On the Be Chic Podcast, we believe that there's a healthy intersection between money, career, passion, and purpose. Grab your notebook, turn the volume up, and let's get into it. So we are back for the next episode in our Moving to Seattle series. Now, just taking a quick look back on the past episodes, the first one with our introduction, I give more of the background as to why we made the decision to move to Seattle and why we made the decision in general to move from Texas, which basically was for job opportunities and what went into like the emotional process of making this change and what we had to do in our life physically to prepare ourselves to move because we knew that was our goal looking forward. Then last episode, the second one in the series, focused more on the research that we did to prepare ourselves to live in this area, plus the move itself and all the steps that went into finding where we wanted to live and taking the logistical steps to get our things out here in conjunction with the relocation company that was assigned to my husband from the job that hired him. So today, as I mentioned last week, we will dive a little bit more into the actual cost of living that we had to take into account and our search for housing and some tips that I have for you moving forward. So you already know this part of the process is very exciting for me because I love real estate, um, especially when things are going well in in my behalf in real estate. But being able to see the differences in this market versus the market we were coming from, it was very stressful, I must admit, at times. And we had no idea what we were going to actually end up with. But in the end, everything worked out. And I'll share what I've learned from the situation. So going back to just the general cost of living here in the Pacific Northwest, we knew from the beginning that it was going to cost more to live here after comparing our salaries on the cost of living app through NerdWallet. That was such a great tool to be able to see the differences. Not only do they show you what your salary difference is, but it actually breaks down the percentage of difference in different areas of living in that new city. So it includes the breakdown of transportation, food, housing, big budget, like categories like that, so that you can see. And I think, for example, housing was like 44% higher here than it was in Dallas. So we literally could go to the calculator and determine what the average cost of living would be for just rent based off of what we currently were paying and what we hope to pay in the new city if we wanted things to just kind of stay flatline. So that was helpful in our research and deciding where we wanted to live, but also determining what we wanted wanted our lifestyle to look like. When we decided to move here, we did not want to have a downgrade in our lifestyle. We didn't want to sacrifice some things that we knew we would still want to take advantage of, although we were living in another city. So for example, we didn't want to cut things out of our budget, like streaming services, certain um, personal care things that we do. Even if we did have to find a new service provider, we knew that we still wanted to do um, those things. So 
in our search, we did adjust our budget and we set a tentative budget based off of these changes that we saw. We also increased our um, transportation budget when it comes to like gas, knowing what Nick's commute might be. And then with me working from home, adjusting that accordingly or leaving it the same. And then also adjusting our budget for different rent and recognizing what other categories would that affect the corresponding utilities or would it shift some other areas to be a little bit lower that are less priority to us so that we can still live in a place comparable to where we just came from. So using that app really helped with that. And some of the trends that we noticed when looking at housing out here was that they were very expensive, but a lot smaller. And when it comes to land and the amount of space you get with your home, Texas really is better because everything is bigger. Our home and our apartments, at least after our first one in the DFW, were big for the number of people in our household. It was just the two of us, but we always made sure that we had more than enough space to have our own spaces within our apartment at home and to really enjoy ourselves together and apart when we wanted to do things combined or on our own. And so that was something that we still value when looking at places in Seattle, but we had a lot less opportunity. And when I say Seattle, I mean the city and its surrounding neighborhoods we had less um, options to consider when looking at square footage. So that was something we had to be mindful of, especially compared to the rent rate. Is that something we wanted to sacrifice or not? Another thing was we really wanted to try to get a townhome or a single family home to rent because it was a priority to me to have a space where our dog could play in the yard because he didn't have that when we first got him and we were in an apartment. And then also just having more space that we were used to because I was seeing a lot of apartments were under a thousand square feet and we wanted 1200 or more. So being able to adjust to that was very interesting. And I also learned from talking to a sales consultant, well, I should say a leasing consultant in this case for a particular condo that the market was still hot and places were being rented very quickly, mainly because a lot of people are moving to this area for work. But I would definitely find luck on Zillow. And that was also co-signed by some of the real estate agents we saw on YouTube who said that they saw a lot of people actually post their rental properties on Zillow for people to rent. So we ended up spending a lot of our time and resources on looking up places on Zillow, which really hurts my heart because in Texas, that is something that us real estate agents really discourage our clients from using because that information is inaccurate when it comes to home sales. However, when it comes to renting and giving landlords an opportunity to get their properties out there to the public and directly to the consumer who they'll be working with as potential tenants, Zillow is like the best marketplace. So we did have to get used to that. 
And there were a lot of good options, but there are also a lot of bad options. And like I said, we also hadn't seen these places in person. So we were doing our best that we could by really examining the photos, looking at the expected monthly rent and utility obligations and figuring out what worked best for us. But yeah, Zillow had the most options and the most accurate information when looking at townhomes and single family homes to rent. I also mentioned before, and this was something that we had to keep in mind, was that the money that we had to bring to the landlords up front once our lease was signed was a lot more than what we were used to in Texas. I think the last security deposit that we paid was about $250, $300 on top of our admin and application fee. That is nothing compared to here. When you're looking for a place like a townhome, a condo, or even a single family home to rent, they are asking for the equivalent of three months rent up front which was a huge commitment. And that was just for the first year of living there. Most leases are about 12 months. So that was another thing we had to take seriously into account. And with one home, we were very willing to pay that, but someone else was accepted for the lease before us. And it pains me to say this as a real estate agent, I would do everything I can to make sure I get what I want and position us perfectly, but it just didn't work out. And I think that the thing that hindered us the most was that our application had to be turned in about three days within the date of our virtual tour. And they asked for a lot of information that I don't think was turned in by that Sunday as required. For example, our previous three landlords information had to be submitted because of the time frame requirement. Yeah, I don't think they had enough time within that short three-day window to actually get in our recommendations. So you live and learn, but that's something to keep in mind. If you have previous landlords who use, whose contact information you still have, who you can still get in contact with, make sure that you let them know, hey, I am applying to places and you might be getting some notifications to complete a like resident review. Can you please do that as quickly as possible? I want to maximize my opportunity to get this place. But that's totally optional. We were able to find an apartment without needing those recommendations right away. So I kind of spoiled the story there. We are living in an apartment. We did not go for a townhome or single family home, which is fine. The one we really liked is in a suburb called Covington, but it would have been further away from a lot of the activities that we wanted to experience in Seattle, even though it might have been closer to Nick's job. Also, we found that a lot of the places that we liked when we went to that apartment townhome, condo, single family home in person, the neighborhood wasn't exactly up to where we wanted it to be standard wise. And we're not all that bougie, but certain things that are important to us is being able to quickly and easily get to retail that we're used to. So knowing where the nearest grocery store is and it being within like a 10 minute drive max as well as like local pharmacies and 
restaurants that we can enjoy on nights that we don't feel like cooking. Those are priorities for us and they have always been priorities for us as well as being close to the highway, having some preferred gas stations nearby, great lighting on the street, just some safety things and also convenience things that we're used to coming from, you know, particular metros that we have come from. So after all of that, we did decide on an apartment in the Renton area, which is, I think I mentioned before, a southern suburb of Seattle and a little bit closer to the city where Nick works. And that didn't pan out. And I'll go more into detail about our story of getting settled in later on in the series. But we did find a place where we ended up passing on them because of how much the additional costs were on top of the rent. But we were able to negotiate some flexibility and get some discounts where it made more sense for us. We also took a long, hard look at whether or not we wanted to sacrifice some things in our first year here to learn the area more and find where we really wanted to live in year two versus finding the perfect place up front. And I think we have a happy medium between those two because there are some things that I would like different in where we live, but I'm also happy with where we're at right now. And it's a possibility we can stay here another year If we wanted to, it's not that bad, but there are some small things that I would like to improve that might come from another apartment complex or even a home that we decide to buy next year. I also noticed that the home prices are outrageous and it was something that I did not want to commit to at this time for us to not know whether we wanted to stay out here or not. Yes, we did buy a home in the past that we sold within a year, but I didn't want to go through that process again if we didn't have to, when we can be more agile and move around a a lot more easily if that so happens to be our plan for the future. So once we figured out where we wanted to live, we definitely honed in on our budget and I think we refined it multiple times where we decided what we would both contribute to and also looked at whether we could maintain the bills that we already have and then anything new we wanted to add into the mix. Like I said, we continue to reference Nerd Wallet, but once we started to zero in on what the actual dollar amounts were for our budget, then we were able to refine it even more. But a piece of advice that I would give you is to just automatically raise your budget by a certain percentage. I'm not saying that Nerd Wallet's cost of living calculator is going to be most accurate, but if you are able to confirm some of those details like your top five picks for apartments, if they're all within a certain bandwidth of a price and you can possibly look at like gas prices and grocery stores, you can get a good idea of how your expenses will change and then change your budget to match that so that you aren't surprised. Of course, there are going to be some emergency expenses, but just automatically increase your budget or decrease your budget if you're moving to a lower cost area so that you know what to be in store for. 
you don't want to get to month two or three where all your bills are on a regular basis and not be able to keep up because you didn't plan ahead. So I definitely recommend to keep an eye on your budget at all times of the planning process and continue to refine it as numbers start to finalize over time. And then kind of what we did, is there an area in which you can sacrifice your budget or you can sacrifice some amenities within your housing situation in order to secure a place for now and then give yourself at least a year to learn the area, learn the neighborhoods that you like most, learn where you really want to live and invest some more time in after you've already been established in the area. All right, beautiful people, that's it for the podcast today. Now, you know, I can't let you go without doing some housekeeping. This is like the collection plate time at church when they're reading the announcements. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get notifications for every episode that comes out each week. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts so that I know I'm dropping these golden nuggets as you deserve. Last but not least, head over to my website, bchicu.org. That's B-C-H-I-C dot O-R-G and download the B-Sheet budget template. I'm telling you, it's life changing, especially if you don't already have a budget. As soon as you land on that page, you'll see a bluish gray bar at the top. Just click on the link and get signed up to get your budget template right away. All right, that's all I got for you this week. Next week, we'll come back with the heat. But in the meantime, keep it chic. Some other weird things to me that I just did not realize was different in parts of the country was the broad concept of like no AC, like no HVAC systems that reach to the residential areas of these apartment complexes and even homes. It's very common for the homes and the apartments out here to not have central AC and most people have to purchase portable ACs to cool their homes. So that would explain our shock when we moved here and the temperatures were 80 plus, which are high numbers for this area. And we're unable to sufficiently cool our house down or our apartment down because of how hot it is. So that has been a huge adjustment. And that's something that's very common here. So, you know, we really enjoy our car rides with the air in the car and going out in public where there is central air conditioning for the building. Some other things that were really weird to me were the fact that they have no ceiling lights in a lot of the bedrooms and living rooms. So you might have pockets of just like shadowy or dark areas where there isn't natural light coming in. And then also just very low square footage. Even homes that are like 1,300 square feet selling for over $500,000. That was a huge adjustment for us. But because we were consistent and we stuck to our guns with a lot of the features we were 
looking for, we were still able to land an apartment that is 1,400 square feet. We don't have two bedrooms, but I do have a dedicated office space. And that's what really matters is having the larger space and then the segmented spaces that really matter. Having at least one bedroom, one bathroom, uh, dining room and living room although they are open concept we have those distinct spaces and our home office that's what really mattered and that's what we got because we were consistent with what we wanted in our amenities and we did not give up so that pretty much wraps up all of the cost of living and housing things that I wanted to discuss. Um, overall, the housing is pretty much a mess across the entire country. So finding a place was a lot more stressful and frustrating than it would have been in a normal situation. But we got through it. And with having a pet, it does limit your options a bit. But if you have a pet that isn't over 35 pounds, it isn't a restricted breed, it's not that hard because Washington and Seattle specifically is a very pet friendly area. And then also with the cost of living, the calculator was helpful in telling us, hey, you're going to see about this percentage of increase in your expenses. However, take that with a grain of salt and do your own research to make sure your budget matches what is actually the reality in your new city. And that's something that we did to make sure that we could adjust accordingly. What I noticed compared to the DFW is that... The rising prices have been pretty consistent across the country. So the rise in gas, fuel and groceries and things like that have been pretty much expected. We haven't seen too crazy of prices. And no, I don't penny pinch and compare the price of milk and things like that. However, if I do see like a gallon for like six or seven dollars, I make sure that I'm not getting like the best quality organic because that's like just nuts. That's really high. And I've seen that. But for our overall budget, let's say that we're completing a grocery shop where we're getting all the things we're used to getting and I'm still within my bandwidth of about like $200, then I know then that we're fine and it's pretty much about the same. So that's how I gauge stuff like that and it hasn't been too much worse, but also we've only been here for about a month and a half, so that might change. But that's what I've noticed. Although it costs more to live out here, that really affects like the cost of gas because I'm sure it's higher than other places but it's not too terrible if you can find the right places and then also the housing that's like the biggest difference and surprisingly like as I was doing research like of course I was looking at jobs although I'm still at my job remotely but I also noticed that uh, positions within my industry and within my role the salary isn't that much different so that was kind of weird with the fact that the cost of living and housing is so much more expensive, but someone in my particular role isn't making much more and is pretty much making like the same amount, if not less in certain cases too. So we're really fortunate for Nick to be in a great position where we can make this move and we can still 
pretty much be able to keep our same cost of living. So that's been great. But definitely keeping an eye on the jobs and those standard salary ranges for that area. And if it makes sense for what you're currently making, where you're living now, definitely something to keep in mind. So yeah, that's it for this episode. Next time, we'll be talking about more differences that I've noticed between the Pacific Northwest and the Southwest and the Pacific Northwest and the Midwest. And just talking about how um, I had to essentially look at things differently and really get used to the, the terrain, the traffic, the culture because of, you know, regionally, it's in a different area. So join me next week for that episode and we'll continue this series. All right, beautiful people, that's it for the podcast today. Now, you know, I can't let you go without doing some housekeeping. This is like the collection plate time at church when they're reading the announcements. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get notifications for every episode that comes out each week. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts so that I know I'm dropping these golden nuggets as you deserve. Last but not least, head over to my website, bchicu.org. That's B-C-H-I-C dot O-R-G and download the B-Chic budget template. I'm telling you, it's life changing, especially if you don't already have a budget. As soon as you land on that page, you'll see a bluish gray bar at the top. Just click on the link and get signed up to get your budget template right away. All right, that's all I got for you this week. Next week, we'll come back with the heat. But in the meantime, Keep it chic.